Welcome to another episode of the DH Effect, the Decided Heart Effect with me, Hillary, and my amazing co-host, Sonia. Today, we are joined by one of my favorite humans, Joan Steffen. Watching her as an Emmy-winning news reporter, writer, and anchor on Channel 11 News in Minnesota, and then later on HDTV, on the top-rated show Decorating Sense, the Rose Bowl, Oprah, like all of the things. It wasn't the famousness that attracted me to her. It was her storytelling. Even through TV, she always just made you feel better for having spent time with her. You know, she was being authentically her before that was even a thing. (laughs) She invites others to claim their own authenticity and, and just bring wonder and light through her books and through her speaking Gosh, thank you so much for joining us today, Joan. It is just, it's an honor to have you here with us. I want to say, are you kidding? I am so excited to be here. This is my jam to talk about possibility and potential with cool women and, and, you know, to talk about storytelling and how we can do this life better. This is, this is going to be like the joy bubble of my day. So thank you. Well, Joan, we would love to hear your decided heart experience. I mean, you, the movement that has happened in your life from, you know, broadcasting to suddenly being, you know, in interior decorating and then Oprah and then all the things which lead to peace begins with me. Yeah. And which is, you know, the, the work that you do now, can you kind of share what has that journey been like in terms of decided heart experience? Wow. Well, I'll, I'll give you a thumbnail sketch, but like the, the overarching theme is I'm a selfish quitter. That is the, that is, <laughs> that's it. like my, my, my theme for my life when I look back and it, and I mean it in a good way. Um, I, I grew up in a, you know, a little town in Minnesota. I always felt like I didn't quite belong. And um, I kept thinking like, I'll, I'll look outside of myself. I'll fill the holes with things that the culture thinks is awesome. You know, and TV was one of those things. I started out in theater, studied at Warner Brothers for a while. They didn't really like me. So I came back and I, and then I um, decided television would be a good idea. And I honestly, my life is kind of like Forrest Gump. I just fall into things. I accompanied my now ex-husband on an interview for a television um, job in Duluth, Minnesota, and they hired me too for some unknown reason. So it was like, it's like destiny was pulling me forward. So I had the job in TV there, didn't fill the holes, ended up um, quitting that job, another selfish quitter moment. I also quit college, selfish quitter moment. Um, And then I went to um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and I was a news anchor and reporter there and had some success, didn't fill the hole. So I quit that. And then I, again, fell into a job on HGTV. I swear to you, I went to a book club meeting one night and I came out with a job on HGTV. (laughs) Forrest Gump lives in me. Um, And then I did that. And it was lovely and I, and I enjoyed it and I laughed a lot, but it didn't fill the hole. So I quit that. And um, I ended up writing a book that, that showed me exactly what was missing. And oh, yeah, nice, nice prop. <laughs> it's, it ended up being called Anchi Sparkled. And it, um, it just points to the fact that so many of us grow up in a world that has such high expectations of us and such clear expectations of who you should be, what you should look like, what you should do, what you shouldn't say. And I was listening to all of those. I was a people pleaser extraordinaire. It was like, who do you want me to be? Okay, I'll try to be that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
at the same time, my real self was shining through gratefully, according to Hillary. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 I started, I started thinking about who I was and I started a real discovery process. Um, I was, I was sitting in silence a lot. I was sitting in nature a lot. I was looking back over the stories in my life that had been told to me, uh, especially what had been told to be my, by my family, you know, like you're stubborn, you're angry, you need to be taller, you need to be prettier, you need to, you know, those kinds of things. And I started disassembling those stories one by one and taking them off of me. And eventually, I mean, I'm still in the process, who isn't, but um, eventually I just started to understand that who I am was pretty darn cool. And I, I decided that um, the doing was less important than the being and the radiating of something was less, was more important than the, the, you know, proselytizing and some of the stuff that we would do in the, in the news business. So it just, it left me on this journey of self-discovery, which in my mind, another bottom line for me, there are, there are things that I, I always start and end my speeches with. One is remember who you are, because it is brilliant and it is unique and it is necessary. Be who you are because the world needs it. It takes courage to be who you are in a world that doesn't always welcome exactly who you are and then share who you are because that's what shifts the world. So it's kind of where I am. <laughs> I love the message though, because I think that there are so many people out there that are so afraid. You said, remember who you are. And the funny thing is, is there's so many people that I think they've allowed layer after layer after layer to come on and dictate and be these talk tracks in their head, mm -hmm. these life scripts, because they've heard you're stubborn, you're this or you're whatever. Mm -hmm. Now that's become who they are which, yeah. you know, Sonia and I are big believers in trying to call out from people what we see in them so that they own it too, you know, saying mm -hmm. things like, like, oh my gosh, Joan, for me, the joy, you know, I think of joy as, as being this, uh, the Dalai Lama says, the, this um, conglomeration of contentment and peacefulness and kindness all together, you know, happiness is fleeting. Yeah. You embody joy. Mm -hmm. And to be, to hear like joy being called out of someone, as opposed to, you know, we sit here and we're like, I don't know, I guess I was stubborn. Oh, I guess, I, you know, yeah. we need yeah. to see those things in one another. And I love that you call people to that. You say, who are you really? Yes. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And it's shocking to me how little people can believe in themselves. You know, they know what they are. They know what they've been told they are but they don't really know who they are and how, you know, what a beautiful bloom that is when it shows up. So, and yeah, I, I love it. I can imagine is, you know, sometimes when we realize like, wait, I haven't been who I really am. And to unpack mm. feels big. And, and, and I'm comfortable here in this other identity that others have defined me. And I, I love your motto because with, with um, Peace Begins With Me, you have this thing, um, small, big peace project. And mm -hmm. the small to big is hugely important because we don't have to transform, you know, climbing one big mountain. It's, it's these mm -hmm. smaller steps. Can you talk more about that? Well, I just feel like there's only one tool that you are given in the world to affect change, you know? And it's not, it's not anything you can buy at a store and it's not anything that someone can hand to you. You've been given the tool of who you are in order to um, 
to affect change in the world, you know? And so how are you going to use that? Um, don't, be, don't be afraid to take the smallest step forward. And that's part of the reason like wonder is one of my new favorite words. Wonder, wonder what you can do that would affect change today. Wonder what you could do that, make you, that could make you feel better. Wonder in the smallest ways if you want to or wonder in the largest ways, but take that step forward, like walk past that person in the store, in the mask, you know, and just, I'm not even asking you to say hello if you don't feel like you can. I would ask you to, to fill your heart with a good feeling and direct it toward them. Mm. However that feels to you, it's like, think a good thought. You have no idea how many people I bless a day if I'm out in the world or even if I'm at home, but you know, I'll drive along the, the, the freeways or walk through stores and just say in my head and hopefully my heart, you know, bless you in whatever way is best for you. Because I think someone walking by, they may not hear it, they may not actually feel it, but I know it's in their field somehow. So I, I just don't, I want to, it's about taking responsibility for who you are in the world. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, a brain researcher, um, what was her name? She had a stroke and she, her book was called My Stroke of Insight. And she, um, she lost the capacity in her left brain, uh, which is all list making and structure and science and math and all that stuff that I was never good at. Um, but she only had access to the right side of her brain. And she said in that state, she could feel the energy that people walked into her room with. And, I, and so I take that to heart. It isn't just for stroke patients who have lost the use of their left brain. If, they, if, if she could only feel that, somebody would walk in and she could feel their prickliness towards her if they thought she wasn't, you know, she was just a body in the bed and she could feel the embrace of a loving presence coming in who was treating her as a, as a human on her way to help. So why would we think that that's not present in our day-to-day -day life? We've just not, we've just not noticed it, you know? Yeah. So, so it feels like it's my responsibility in the smallest way to offer up the energy that I have of love and hope to people, especially today, especially in the world right now. I, so. I love, it's so valuable what you're saying, Joan. And uh, it's funny because I know so many people out there still, and I don't understand this because there's so much science, see this as woo-woo, right? Like hey. energy is woo-woo. But yet, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, one of the most scientific, like educated people that I have ever met, who also happened to be a corner in a, a really rough part of, of um, Arizona, where she had a lot of violent things. She was dealing with, she told me she could walk into a room and she could feel by the energy before anyone told her what had happened. If it was violent, if it was peaceful, if it was, she could feel the energy. This is like the top scientist, right? <laughs> you know? And I believe that. And I do think, I mean, Sonia and I talk about energy infusers and energy vampires. Like mm -hmm. you don't want to be an energy vampire that's sucking it. You're responsible for the energy mm -hmm. you bring to the room and I love, you know, you always lead with kindness. And when I say that, I, it's not just leading with kindness with who you are, which is very much, but that is like, if there's one word that I could think of that you are out there preaching, it's that word. Like, can mm. we just be kind? Yeah. yeah. I had to kind of move away from the word peace because people got agitated by that word for some reason. Yeah. I had founded the nonprofit Peace Begins With Me and, um, and people couldn't quite grasp it. 
They thought it was something that was anti something and that was associated with the time and place. And I, and I thought, um, I'm a distiller by nature. So I, I tried to bring it to the, like, like a smaller seed. And to me, the action form of peace is kindness because that's, um, it's like, I notice who you are. I accept who you are. I offer you this as a token of, you know, me seeing you. Um, also, I wanted to say, when you said woo-woo, I got so excited because, because this came to me like um, maybe five years ago. Um, woo-woo to me is the feminine. And when, you, when people um, start discounting the woo-woo, to me, it's like they haven't quite noticed the power and strength of the feminine yet. It's been discounted for decades, centuries, however long, I don't know. But, um, but that's why, it, to me, it feels like a reclamation project to say woo-woo is not um, a light um, thing to be dismissed or to be laughed at. It's something to embrace and to know its true nature. And its true nature is strength and nurturing and love and inclusiveness and all the little things that that um, wire us together so so reclaim woo woo oh my gosh well Hillary and <laughs> go, I was Sonia. Like, go Sonia go I know you're gonna say it go I can't, I can't help it because I feel I've, I've grown so much in that spirit so a couple of episodes ago we invited a friend Katya um, from UCSB and we did a book review on Cassandra Speaks by Elizabeth Lesser, and it's all- I watched part of that. It was awesome. I didn't get to see it all, but I loved it. Oh, thank so, you. Oh, yeah. oh, great. Well, that book was, for me personally, a transformation. Not, it's not even a transformation. It was, remember who you are, Sonia. Yes. Because, and, and I'm literally like in tears because we did this book club discussion and I'm like crying because I always knew it. I always knew in my heart it was my superpower, but everyone told me, oh, you're so- nurturing you're so soft you're so sensitive and compassionate and as as it's less than and oh that God. book and the conversation and what you're saying about woo woo is my superpower i'm like that is how i've changed the world right so yes. yeah and and so that was the latest discovery you know unfortunately it's you know i'm in my mid-40s but that's okay because i've always believed it now i'm supercharging <laughs> i'm mid-60s and i'm still you know like feeling the joy of that that reclamation because i mean we all grew up in a time and place no matter you know even today kids are growing up in that that sense of like you know there's there's strength that is honored that's kind of like a you know a strong strength like a war good versus bad kind of a thing um but the strength that comes from looking someone in the eye and saying, I know who you are and you can do amazing things. Let me help you. Let me hold you. Let me encourage you. I mean, how, what kind of a strength is that? It, I mean, it changes the future in a positive way. So claim the woo-woo. That's us. We're the woo-woo. Yeah. You know, woman, woman. <laughs> yeah. I would love if for a second we can sit in the idea of kindness and the everyday kindnesses. I mean, part of the kindness, it's funny because I see yours. We talked about your superpowers um, off air and that your superpowers are being who you are. Mm -hmm. It is kindness and it is wonder, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. other things. I love that. I love that. But the funny thing is, is those two things are so closely tied together because mm -hmm. when you show up as who you are and when you show genuine curiosity in other humans, that is a kindness. When we sit and in, in all humility and honor 
hear someone else's story and bear witness to it and then help them see the best in themselves that will get reflected back. And it creates such a ripple effect. And it's so powerful. And it's not telling somebody what to do. It's not like, oh, I see what your problem is. You should go over there and, you know, call that person and do that thing. It's just, it's just offering the, the back, the mirrored reflection of the radiance of who they are so they can see it and they can listen to their higher self and ask themselves to, to, you know, listen to their impulses and their, you know, their beautiful imagination. We tend to listen to our not so beautiful imaginations sometimes, but, but um, to invite people into their own themness. <laughs> I don't know what the word is, you know, their eunice. <laughs> that it, it, it's, um, it's shocking to me sometimes when people aren't aware that they're even there to, to search out. Yeah. I remember talking to a woman at a book signing that I did and we were talking about this and we spent quite a bit of time talking about her dreams and her dreams felt so achievable to me and she felt she was locked out of them. It, her dream was to, to be uh, somebody who helped sell furniture at this one particular furniture store that was nearby. And I said, you know, it's like you, you love that, right? Yes you can walk in there, right? Yes, you could possibly ask them for a job, right? She goes, but I, I, don't think, I don't think I could ever achieve that. It's like, oh my gosh, honey, that's just like the first step to who you are, you know, answering that call of what you love and moving it into the world. So I'm always shocked that people don't know that they're there in some situations, you know, that you seed of who they were born to be. I, I have to ask you because I, you know, as I'm listening to you, I believe like I'm on board. I mean, this is Sonia and I like, this is our love language right now that, that you're speaking because we see that in other people. We see it in ourselves. We bring it out. We challenge each other to live yeah. up to that as well. But what, have you just been that way always? Or was there a moment like, were you just sort of born saying like, there is this thing Yes. And I know we all have. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know that I was. And I also know that I was kind of shamed out of it. It's like, mind your own business. Don't, you know, don't be loud. Don't say, you know, things that people don't agree with. Don't, you know, so, and it's the story of everybody. And it's the story that's in that book, the Anchi Sparkle book. Um, yes, I was absolutely born with an enthusiasm for life and other people, and then kind of told to live in the way that my family had decided was the right way to live. And it was a lot of looking outward to see if you were doing it right, or asking, I always say I, I was asked to look through someone else's eyes to see if I was okay. You know? And, um, and so, so I, when I got to enough pain in my life, then I decided to sit down and try to really figure it out instead of just beating myself up about not feeling the way I thought I should feel in life. And that's when the book came out. It's just that sense of, um, yeah. I mean, it seems so silly sometimes thinking about it, that discovery that there was someone special inside there that I'd been beating up my most of my life. Like, oh man, why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? And um, yeah, to discover that and to nurture it, it, it just became like an, a beautiful obsession to figure out who I was. And well, the, the courage, 
I mean, you know, I, I've, I've been following you, Joan. Um, and so I, there's a video of your life and I was so intrigued with your first, I think it was a, your first broadcasting opportunity where you did not have a degree, but you came with interest. Yeah. And that, you know, the anti-social um, um, messaging, like, how can you not have a degree? Your, your life will go nowhere. Right. You came right. in with interest and you settled there. And to me, what happens afterwards, the snowball effect of, the, of your life, and then you getting closer and closer to the storyteller that you've always knew that you were. And just so inspiring. I'm going to tell everyone listening and viewing, you have to watch this video, video about <laughs> Joan's life because it is so inspiring. But you call it a, a, the selfish quitter because yeah. you're like, well, when I'm done with this, I quit. And but it's yeah, like, I don't listen to myself. Yeah, right. I That's just right. listen to myself. That, please, yeah. I said I just I would I don't mean to make say selfish in a bad way um, because that's kind of the co-opting of that word. I was self-full. I was I listened to myself, and I knew that I wasn't in the right place, and so I quit. Yeah. And quit not necessarily a, a something that's applauded in this world. <laughs> you know, but, but that's the thing is, if this isn't my path, that's not quitting. That's just readjust. I always talk about it in terms of skiing. Like, you know, when you're skiing, you don't just go down the hill and then point your skis. You just, you turn, you keep turning and then you look for your next turn. And sometimes you have a different turn, right? Exactly. And a different view. And yeah. And then you decide, oh, that wasn't for me either, maybe, or, you know, but life is, life is a more of an adventure that way, instead of like, okay, I'm going to lock in at this job. I'm not allowed to quit. I'm going to stay there forever. I'm going to learn how to do that job. Well, I'm going to uh, retire and then I'm going to enjoy my life it's like well I think we have the opportunity in the middle of it to actually enjoy our lives I, I have to say I'm making less money now than I ever have in my whole life um, I am I can't even tell you the percentage happier more joyful um, because I'm answering a call inside of me as opposed to a call outside of me yeah so and at the end of the day, I know we have to end soon, but I just have to, you know, you call yourself a normal woman on your, on your website. Cause remember I'm following you everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we will have all the links and all, tell you all about Joan. <laughs> yes. We will have all those things up for everybody out there. Who's like, Oh my God, I have to follow her too. Follow her too. But what really intrigued me was that you gave yourself, you know, the, the normal woman. And, and to me, it was a welcome mat because one might see you being way up there in terms of achievement and success and oh my gosh there's no way I can approach Joan but yet you 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 walk alongside me I'm going to say as your as your person not knowing you yet but then mm -hmm. normal woman clicked on that and then you represent there was a poem there but can you talk more about that decision to present yourself as a normal woman well it, it that wasn't a decision either that was just a knowing you know mm -hmm. You know, because it, it, it becomes really apparent to you when you're walking out in the world and you have a job on television that people will somehow try to put you somewhere else other than in normalcy. And it's like, I'm, I, I knew my normalcy. And so I had to keep reminding people of, of that. It's like, I'm living the same fears. I'm living the same hopes. I'm living this, you know, that I, that I have a job on TV means I hold a microphone. Um, does that make me different? than you in, in some ways, because that's my job. But the, the core of who I am, it was just really apparent to me. I am, <laughs> look, 
I'm unique like everybody else, <laughs> you know, but I am like everybody else. That's the, that's um, to me, the, one of the messages of this particular time too, is that we have to honor our diversity and respect our diversity and our individuality and our uniqueness while also understanding that we're all connected and we're all operating from the same energetic field. So we are all normal and we're all unique. So it's that paradox. Yeah. You know, but but I, I was never comfortable when people would try to put me into a, like somewhere else. It's like, no, I wanna hang out with you. Yeah. you know, I, I've never wanted to be, um, um, I, a leader, I guess, is there. I, I've never wanted to tell people what to do. I've only ever wanted to stand and radiate what I have. You know, and if it's useful to them, yay. And if it's not, that's okay too. I, oh, that's so beautiful. Before, I have to tell a story. I'm dying to tell this story now. And Joan has heard <laughs> tell this story before because I, <laughs> I think it is the silliest story. And it is one of my favorite stories about her. And, and then I would love for us to give a challenge and, and then we'll give, you know, as our closing, we want to make sure everybody knows how to get books. We have more than one book out there. We have, you know, <laughs> published it. I give this to all of my girlfriends. I always, 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 I love this book. Um, my mom has it. I'm sure my mom's going to be listening when we post and my mom's going to be like, oh, there's Joan. Um, <laughs> it's Pam. Hi, Pam. Um, how you doing? <laughs> we hang out too. <laughs> she's she um she's funny and she's not too far from Cambridge. So wow, um, yeah, yeah, she's in Alexandria. But anyway, that's a whole oh. other story. Sorry, sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all, you listeners. <laughs> so uh, years ago, I was doing a podcast, and um, and it was there was a whole network, and then we went off air, but not before it was featured for a, a, a specific reason, but not before it was featured in our local newspaper. And Joe Brandemeyer, who happens to be Joan's husband, was driving through town and spent the night in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, when I was back living there and saw this article about this story. What's your story? The, the show. And he's he contacted me. He's like, I think you and Joan might get along. And I'm like, <gasps> Joan Seven. I like I absolutely lost my ever loving mind. And I said, I don't have a show right now, but the local radio station wants me to come on and do a show. And he's like, well, give her a call when that's so sure enough, I called and talked to you and you were the kindest, most generous person. And were one of the first people that I had on and could not, again, fangirling, like losing my ever loving mind. And I remember introducing it. And here's the moment. Here's the moment. And you listeners, if you can make your children, your spouse, your next door neighbor, the person at the grocery store in the mask feel this way, I know you can just in the words that you say. Like, this is it right here. This is what we can do for one another. I remember introducing Joan on the show and I said, and she has been on the Oprah Winfrey show. And Joan says, just doesn't even miss a beat. And she goes, you know what else? I've been on Hillary Bilbrey's show. Exactly. Oh, yay me. <laughs> you, yeah, and did not even miss a beat. And in that moment, I thought, yeah. Why the heck doesn't my story matter? Why doesn't yeah. my storytelling matter? And that is, we have the power. Joan, you have shown the way for, oh my gosh, I, you just have shown the way in the fact. Yes, you're right alongside me, but you're also a mentor in my mind. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> anywhere you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love is that we can be intentional. We can decide. Mm -hmm. to leave people better 
then we find them. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, that's where peace starts. That's where kindness starts. That's where change starts. That's the ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. And liking people that, and, and honoring them, even if they're not at all where you are, you know, mentally, politically, age-wise, whatever, you know, you can still honor them there. And I, I would say, I, I would do this podcast a million times before I would long to do, um, you know, like the Oprah Winfrey show right now, because because I got to be so present with you and you were so present with me. And it's, it's exactly what we're talking about. This to me has um, just, as I said, great joy, great joy in it for me today. Thank you make you. me feel, you make me feel good about myself and, and, um, and, and you, some, sometimes it's kind of a small, lonely thing to do when you feel like you're, you're, you're just kind of walking through life, but, you, and you know, you're making a difference, but, but to have it reflected back um, to me by such beautiful and thoughtful and heartfelt women is, is a huge gift for me too. So thank you. Thank you, Joan. And, and what a great way. We did have a challenge, <laughs> a bit of a, a challenge for our viewers and listeners, and it is this notion of radiating our energy to others. So Hillary, you kind of mentioned it, but before we recorded, you mentioned, I would love for you just to summarize this book that you read by David Hawkins. Yes. Can yeah. you can you leave our um, audience with that challenge? And then this will be more tangible as you describe yeah. it. Yeah. Well, let me start by saying radiance is um, nature's natural language, and it is your language that you are speaking all the time, whether you're using words or not. And um, the the concept first was introduced to me by a, a man named Dr. David Hawkins. I was grateful to have worked with him a couple of times. Uh, joyful doctor of, let's see, what did I say he was? Uh, he's an orthomolecular psychiatrist who had a spiritual awakening and moved to Sedona and spent 20 years contemplating life. And one of the conclusions that he came to was that one conscious, loving person someone who spends their time, you know, choosing to evolve and to radiate love or above um, can balance off three quarters of a million who are not that. So basically what he's talking about is the fear to love ratio. Love in his mind and his quantitative um, psychiatrist mind was um, 750,000. Okay. This is where science comes to be a problem for me <laughs> because okay, you can balance out 750,000, three quarter of a mil- million people. And that's quite a ratio. So if you think that you're, you can't make a difference by offering love, even if it's just from your home, you don't need to walk down the street and announce love to anybody just in your home, radiating your highest self to the world does a beautiful balancing act that we can all benefit from, and especially in these times. So um, Dr. David Hawkins, he's, he was life-changing when I read his book. It's hugely challenging, but if you, um, if you want to watch him on YouTube, he has lots of videos, and you can see his impish, radiant personality there. So something you may, may want to try. Thank you so much. Um, so everyone, this is our, and I love the way you describe yourself, wildly independent encourage, encourager and storyteller, <laughs> Joan. And um, we are, you know, the one thing I'm, we're gonna share all the links that you have. And not only were you the story, you know, the storyteller for yourself, listening to your own stories, helping others 
share their stories, but you are you also have a publishing company where you're helping stories get out there into the world. And so well, it's not my publishing company, but <laughs> it's no, it's the people who published my books. But. Got it. Yes. Okay, great. And, and so may, may all the stories continue Thank to you. expand and we're going to share everything, all, all the links that I have mentioned. Um, <laughs> so our people can find you. Yeah. Um, and I just have to say, you know, for our viewers and listeners, you know, I, I just, Hillary and I, we are confident that you have developed some sort of courage to take things small, let a positive thing sit in, in your heart, mm-hmm. welcome it, let it sit wherever it might lead, but that alone can radiate. Mm-hmm. And to the intention of just sharing that one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we leave you with the show with that challenge is to, to take the courage to live with a decided heart moment. Please subscribe to our channel because you are going to get more of these stories. Um, and we also have all the podcast platforms. So follow us on the podcast podcast platforms, YouTube, and then we will see you all next time on Decided Heart Effect. So thank you, everybody. <laughs>